What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Backstage Gaming, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. And I'm Dylan. And we're here again. It's Thursday. We managed to record a Thursday episode this oh week. Oh my Sorry god, about... we're back again. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, we're back again. <laughs> I did that the earlier. I don't remember the context of it, but I sang that at my, my fiance, and she just looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I shrieked Backstreet Boys lyrics at her. I can so. see this playing out in front of me right now at this very second. I can see the exact look on her face. <laughs> I'm sure you can. She has given me that look many a time. <laughs> but anyway, this is our podcast about video games, not about Chris being destroyed by his loved ones. Are you um, sure? Pretty sure. Hey, Dylan, what are we talking about this week? Um, so the idea I had in the term I'm going <laughs> to... Sorry. All right. Uh, so the, the term I, I was going to use for this concept, and there's probably like an actual term for it, but fuck it. I'm referring to genre bashing, which I Hell got yeah. from the concept of art bashing, in which an artist, to create a picture, uses uh, many different references from many different pictures. And if Dakota were here, he could give an even better... Description yeah, I know, I know that he's referred to uh, photo bashing photo, before photo as well, which I is meant. where I meant, where someone like in in digital art you like you know paste in a picture of a mountain and then paint over it, like use that on your screen in Photoshop or whatever your software is as a guide for your painting. Yeah, um, I, I meant to say photo bashing, but not not to the point of like I don't want to say plagiarism, but like you know the the whole thing about photo bashing is that like. Yeah, you can kind of get what you were going for, but people who have a trained eye will kind of tell that it's fake. They'll be able to see it, yeah. That's I've heard not... Dakota complain about photo bashing in art he's seen before. Right, right. Uh, that's that's not exactly what we're touching on. I, I mean some more in the sense of like a synthesis of different genres, kind of a potpourri or a genre a stew. Uh, yeah, mashup. Mashup's so a good what, term. What, uh, what put this idea in your head? So I've been playing a lot of Zelda recently because we talked about it a couple weeks ago. And I've recently been playing Twilight Princess for the first time, oh, in 14 years. Yeah. (laughs) I think Twilight Princess is the first Zelda game I ever beat. And it's also one I have not revisited since I beat it. But I I always knew I'd come back to it one day. And I guess a couple days ago was that day. (laughs) I, uh... I think something that made me excited to play Twilight Princess was I was in this starting... So, for people who don't know, um, Zelda's a franchise. I, I should hope you know what Zelda is. But, <laughs> yeah. um... <laughs> I... If you don't... If you don't know what Zelda is, 
I don't know why you're listening to this show. Welcome. I'm glad you're here, but like, I'm confused as to how you found us. Right. <laughs> This 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 there's a very manic energy for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so you know, uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time came out in '98, and everyone was like, "Oh man, this is the greatest video game of all time." And then Majora's Mask came out, and people didn't get it at the time, but now people love it. Um, and then Wind Waker came out, and everyone was like, "What the fuck is this?" Ocarina of Time was like this dark masterpiece, and fucking kitty cell shaded graphics. Uh, so like, Wind Waker was kind of perceived as something a little too kiddy, a little too... It, it wasn't quite growing up with the audience. Um, Though, as as I understand it, and maybe this is just like the people that I talk to, but in the circles I move in, Wind Waker is much beloved now. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was beloved when it came out. It's oh, yeah. just that, you know, you I, I had loved a lot it when of it detractors. Out, but, yeah, it, um, it, it suffered a little bit from... And I think it suffered because, like, it was, it was the GameCube PS2 xbox era and games were still pushing on that ever 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 difficult trek towards photorealism and nintendo said nah and not for nothing i started playing wind waker again too and that game's look has aged sublimely oh it's so good it's still like even without the hd remake it still looks so good like some of the models you can tell like oh that looks untextured because like i guess this is the hell i live in now where i pay attention to that kind of thing (laughs) uh but uh all the same it's still like it uses abstraction to its benefit but that's not what we're talking about twilight princess was kind of nintendo I don't want to say apologizing for Wind Waker because people love Wind Waker, but it 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 was more of them trying to get that goodwill back from people who loved Ocarina of Time and maybe loved Majora's Mask, who felt a little jaded um, at Wind Waker. And so to, to get back to the original topic of conversation, um, the impression I always got from Twilight Princess as a kid was, oh, it's like they're aping the style... It's like they're borrowing from the style of, like, the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies, because, you know, those were huge in the early to mid-2000s, and I would say even now. But kind of going back to the game again, I'm looking at, like, a lot of the character designs in, like, the starting area, Ordon Village, and I'm like, these characters look like something vaguely out of, like, a Chambara movie, like a a samurai movie, like something Kuros... Maybe not Kurosawa-esque, but, like... Chris, do you remember the designs of some of the villagers in the oh uh, yeah in Twilight Princess? They have They've they have all, like I a mean, very there, like there's a lot of like big like I can't think of the Japanese word for it, but like the big sash belts. Yeah, and like it. Yeah, I I also I'd never thought of it in the context of like it coming out so kind of soon after the Lord of the Rings movies made their huge splash. Yeah. But, like, you're not wrong. It does have kind of a, a Peter Jackson vibe to it. Yeah, it, they they very much were trying to tap into that. And it's it's one of the reasons I was super excited for it as a kid. Also, I guess, like, not to get too off topic, but uh, Final Fantasy XII also came out a, around the same time. And that kind of went from, like, the more tropical anime aesthetic of Final Fantasy X to, like, something that's, like, this weird halfway cross between Jackson and Lucas. Yeah. But anyway, going going back to Twilight Princess, so you, you kind of have this uh, Chambara aesthetic with the villagers. They all look distinctly Japanese, wearing clothing from that genre of samurai flick. And even the premise kind of has like that 
you know, a bunch of kids from the village get kidnapped by Bokoblins, which are these goblins. But, like, the goblins kind of look like, you know, mountain bandits from a samurai flick. Yeah. Like, if, if you look at their designs, they, they have, like, the clothing. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. I, I, I like what they're doing with this. And, Chris, uh, I know that you definitely remember, like, the p- moments of Twilight Princess where they start to ape westerns. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, there's, there's like, one of the most memorable moments of the game for me is, like, when you go through a literal ghost town to rescue someone, and it's just, it's an old-school western shootout. Yeah, and it's playing, like, it's not straight-up music from the Good and the Bad and the Ugly soundtrack, but that it, is 100% the... It's, yeah, it's 100% the vibe that they're going for. It's got, like, like reed whistle and, like rhythmic kind of like dun, 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 kind of drumming going on and it's yeah. very much like wanting to put you in the mindset of like ain't room in this town for both of us kind of vibe yeah and so like I, i'm excited to play through twilight princess again because i'm 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 looking at like the this kind of marriage of styles and i, I want to see a if they keep that momentum going throughout the game uh because i i remember twilight princess having a lot of low points for me even as a kid but like also just like I, I always remembered it being kind of Tolkienian or uh, Peter Jackson's version of Tolkienian, but it seems like they're really just go like it's this grab bag of everything a middle schooler would find cool um, yeah. aesthetically. Like westerns are cool, samurai flicks are cool, um, and you know, like they, they're they're drawing from like different cultures' idea of like what a lone traveler traveling the world would be. Yeah, it they they paint Link as like in different moments as like medieval knight as Ronin as cowboy. He's a samurai cowboy ranger and that's the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> I have my next D&D character. Yeah, like straight up. <laughs> yeah, I that's that honestly is putting me now in mind in a slightly different way, but not inherently. Uh I have been playing Final mm. Fantasy VII for the first time. Not the remake, the the OG game, uh, or at least the Switch port of it. And boy howdy, you want to talk about a grab bag. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like, aesthetically, Final Fantasy VII is in this weird place where, like, it is at once perfectly consistent, but also fucking wild. Because, like, it yeah, starts yeah. out in this, like, I would say Midgard is kind of steampunk. I always I always called it diesel punk. Diesel punk is more accurate, yeah. Yeah. Uh but like you start out in this city full of like pipework and rust and grime and that's the the world that you're in for the first like 5 or 6 hours of the game and then it opens up into like this big kind of more standard fantasy looking open world like the next mm-hmm. town you come to after leaving Midgard is like cobblestone streets, street or cobblestone streets, and like shingled roofs, and it yeah, looks it looks like, like something straight out of Final Fantasy IX, for example, or Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, and then you go on, and the next town you come to, or at least the next town I've come to, has a big fuck off railgun pointing out into the sea. I think, I yep. think it's meant to be a gun. It is a gun. Um, I think it's, I think it's called the Sister Ray. 
Yeah, but you also have a moment where you have to, like, climb a fucking, like, electrical tower to get to it. And, like, yeah. there's, it's such a hodgepodge of aesthetics, but yet somehow they make it feel cohesive. Yeah. But that's also aping the fact that Final Fantasy VII has an absolute go- hodgepodge of game mechanics going on, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I've been talking to Dylan about this, like, and this is 100% a side effect of the fact that they were like, it's 3D now. We can do cool 3D shit. So while the the main crux of the game and like the combat is classic Final Fantasy, you also get a motorcycle combat set piece where you're having to like negotiate where you are on the road and hit people off their bikes. And then you get a set piece where you have to like precision platform using the help of a dolphin up onto a radio tower. I was hoping you'd mention that. <laughs> yep, it's also, weird. don't forget the moment immediately before where you have to give a girl CPR because she nearly oh, drowns. Oh, yeah. I've, yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's as far as I've gotten, so maybe there's, I hope there's more coming. Um, let's see. Uh, so, I think you've seen the snowboarding minigame, right? I've seen it, but I haven't gotten there yet. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's much later in the game. And then, like, a couple hours after that snowboarding minigame, you're climbing a mountain and you have to play a minigame where you keep your body temperature up. Oh, my um, God. There's a submarine uh, shooting minigame where you're piloting a submarine and you're mo- maneuvering around other submarines and you got to fire torpedoes at them. There's a lot. There's, there's a rail <laughs> shooter. I forgot there's a rail shooter in, oh in Final Fantasy VII. But that's something that, like, I'm a big fan of that kind of thing in games of like it doesn't always work but when a game is able to like take a moment and like just introduce some new mechanics that better emphasize that moment like i've told you about this recently but i've i've been playing uh i've been playing dream daddy mm-hmm. which is the a the dad dating simulator and it's full of mini games like that. I know I told you about this before but there's like one of the first interactions you have with one of the other dads turns into you and him both bragging about your daughters, but it plays like a Pokemon battle. Right, right. You did tell me about which is that. great. Uh, and then in, in my my run currently, I then went on a uh, a dad date with this guy to a, a local music concert, and mm. I had to go to the bathroom beforehand. And then to get back to him, there was like a little like run away from the mosh pit like grid <laughs> platforming game. <laughs> Which was fucking great, and I lost at it, but it was really fucking fun. Mm-hmm. And so I really like, like, that's another thing where a game like a dating sim or a game like a, a turn-based RPG, you get these moments where, like, it's not as much aesthetic mashup, but it's gameplay mashup, where, like, mm-hmm. the motorcycle thing could have just been a cutscene right. in Final Fantasy VII, but they chose to make a little mini game out of it and keep it player controlled you have no Whether- clue how fucking psyched i got when i was 12 years old oh i'm and sure the motorcycle minigame and then all of a sudden the game cuts to 60 frames per second fully rendered oh this is an actual game i can play it was 60 frames per second it on its like original si- release yeah on the ps1 yeah holy shit i had no that's impressive it's it's really cool i that's wild but like that's the kind of thing where like a dating sim they could have just made that, like, if you made the right choice or not, you will get back to your date or not. But they were like, nah, let's make it this, like, beat the clock, run away from the mosh pit, don't lose all your HP by running into other rowdy concert goers minigame. And I love that. I thought that was such a cool way of, like, making this moment feel like a unique moment in the game and making you remember it. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that that's another like again, that's a slight deviation from the this kind of genre mashup, but it's it's a way that games have of like emphasizing a moment in a similar way. Man, video games are cool. Video games are fucking great. I love them. <laughs> Was there anything else uh, that you had on like your original thought? Since like, I kind of got us away from your prompt. Uh, Twilight Princess was the big one, but I also was thinking if I needed to whip out another example. The uh, first Devil May Cry, and we, we talk about this one a lot, but it, it's still interesting to me. And the thing that drew me to it originally was that, to repeat this for the thousandth time, um, <laughs> Devil May Cry was originally a Resident Evil spinoff. So it's kind of got like this Resident Evil structure to it, but it's a Resident Evil game that takes place in a Castlevania-esque demonic castle. And then on top of that, unlike Castlevania or Resident Evil, it's got elements of a beat-em-up and, like, fighting game, like, ideas of combos and juggling. Yep. And it, it's, you know, it created its own genre. So, like, it, it's kind of weird to go back to today if, like, you're going from Devil May Cry 5 to Devil May Cry 1. But if you go from any of these, if you go from Castlevania or Resident Evil or hell, even Street, eh, Street Fighter is not the best example, but like Marvel versus Capcom to Devil May Cry, be like, whoa, what? <laughs> this is a thing people made? This is crazy, dude. <laughs> this is how people talked in the early 2000s, right? It's, it's true. I was there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think another game that that came to my mind on this kind of topic something like pick your poison any game with a cast of characters for you to choose from like this okay. is where you get a lot of mileage in i mean fighting games mobas oh, odin sphere having a character that just turns the game into a side-scrolling shooter <laughs> yeah things like overwatch class-based shooters any game like that is such a wellspring for the creatives to be like this character is going to be like, all right, this character is a cowboy with a robot arm. This character is a straight up ninja. This character is a is the fucking Iron Giant, because you can't tell me that's not what Bastion in Overwatch is based on. Chris, you're just talking about FF7 again. Here, <laughs> we have a talking dog. Here's a black guy with a gun for an arm. Here's yeah. a samurai dude, except his sword is really fucking big. Yeah, or like... I've been fucking getting hyped for Guilty Gear Strive. Mm -hmm. This guy's a bandit with a fire gun. This guy is literally just a vampire. This guy fights with his shadow. This lady is a pirate captain who fights with the creatures of the deep. Like, this guy's a ninja and also used to be the president. <laughs> like, um, Oh, he, he resigned? Uh, I don't that, know. That lore makes me sad. I, I honestly don't know. But like... No, you're good. That's, a, that's another area where like... You can wind up with a lot of very generic feeling characters. Like if you look at, and I'm not saying this to shit on Street Fighter, but like a lot of characters in Street Fighter are some variation on this person does martial arts. I mean, here's the thing. No, I'm sorry, sure there I, are people I, beyond I, that. I literally like, I know just that thought you... of Blanca. No, yeah, no, and like, that's the, fair. The like Street Blanc Fighter characters are comparatively very generic when you put them next to Guilty Gear or King of Fighters. Yeah, like that, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like there yeah. are exceptions to that, 100%. But, like, Street Fighter tends to be slightly more grounded. Yeah. Which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it is, to some degree, a little bit of a missed opportunity when you look at something like Guilty Gear and how completely wild and how completely, like, from com 
entirely different genres those characters can be drawn yeah and still feel like they belong in this over-the-top world chris have you ever heard of the fighting game evil zone i have not oh fuck we gotta talk about evil zone (laughs) okay why do we have to talk about evil zone so evil zone is not a good fighting game it evil (laughs) zone is a fighting game on the ps1 it's a 3d fighting game it's not a particularly good fighting game from what i understand um Oh boy, those sure are some 3D fighting game PS1 graphics. Oh my god, you looked it up? Let me... Yep. Like, it's not as bad as... It's honestly better than I was expecting. Right. Like, those character models are not terrible. It's a It's a very... I mean, I as someone who likes the PS1's graphic style... Um, oh, I, I have a soft spot for it, too. That's not gonna stop me from saying that it's jank. But oh, like, it's super this jank. Is, this is comparatively much better looking than i was expecting it to be Mm. but like the the thing is like every character is like the main character of their own anime and so in between like when you play the story mode in between um every match you have there's like an episode preview and like you know detailing the plot of the next fight and each character has like i think each character has their own like anime opening Yo, I, I can't, really? I can't remember if they do. I, I want to say they do. Um, That's fucking great. But I'm not positive. Uh, it's it's not animated, but like it's it's to evoke the feeling like you're tuning I into love an that. anime. And it's it's really fun. <laughs> uh, I, I cannot tell you if the game is like good, even like in a let me turn my brain off and just enjoy this for what it is kind of way. I can't tell you that. Sure. But I can tell you that like, a lot of this game's presentation is really cool to me. I love that. No, uh, and now we're now we've come full circle to me thinking again about the thing we talked about a long time ago at this point, but about how Blaze Blue, the fighting game, mm-hmm. at its core is like mechanically tries to feel like a shonen anime full of people with unique power sets by making every character play with different. their own completely unique mechanic. Mm-hmm. But like that's that's kind of at the heart of this too it's all all of these games have the thing in common where they're they're trying to draw on different sources and incorporate them in different ways and i love that and i I think that like you said earlier games are fucking cool i love it yeah and i wasn't thinking of this tweet i retweeted uh when i suggested this episode title or this episode theme but um at Fire Holly, I'm assuming that's her name, because instead of an O, there's a 9, um, tweeted, <laughs> Final Fantasy is a series about combining Star Wars, Dungeons & Dragons, prog rock, and anime into something even cooler than all of that. Yeah, honestly, yeah. not wrong. And, yeah, I mean, and there's there's a lot, I feel like there's a lot of different ways we tackle this idea, but... Yeah, but at its core, putting putting two things that are cool together probably gonna be cool yeah might not necessarily be in good taste for example i cannot tell you that sonic adventure 2 has a good story i can (laughs) however tell you that aesthetically sonic adventure 2 battle rocks my socks yeah that that's fair and you know what else rocked my socks this episode yeah. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Backstage Gaming. We'll talk to you again next week. Until then, remember that if you like our show, the most helpful thing you can do is to tell your friends and family about it and to leave a review on iTunes, leave a rating, tell people. you got probably somebody in your home that can't leave right now. They're probably starting to get bored. Play a podcast for them. Choose ours. <laughs>
Also, be sure if you want to know more about us or want to reach out to us directly, check out our website, bsgpod.com. It's got bios, it's got info, it's got a contact form, it's got everything you need about us. And that's, that site again is bsgpod.com. Um, before I plug the social media, I want to thank Chris for allowing me to plug Sonic uh, once again. I'm if I at this point, I'm convinced that if you don't do it at least every three episodes, you will die. <laughs> Um, oh, let me tell you, the last time I tried doing that, I got pangs of pain. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, where our handle is at BSG underscore cast. And, um, you know, if you want to talk about the things we present, maybe you have a game that's close, near and dear to your heart that combines all of these different genres into a nice pulpy smoothie you should tell us what that is, and if you want us to, if you want to catch our attention, you should use the hashtag BSGPod. Also, huge thanks to our friend Brendan French for the key art he has provided our show. Um, if you dig his stuff, you can check him out at his Squarespace, Brennan-French.squarespace.com. That is B-R-E-N-N-E-N-French.squarespace.com. You can also find him on Instagram.com slash BrennanFrenchArts and on Twitter, where his handle is at Brennan underscore French. Thank you also to our friend BioQuery for the use of our theme song, Dot Sound Radio Volume 1 Instrumentality. He's a great musician and composer, and if you like our theme song, you should check out his other work. You can do that by going to soundcloud.com slash BioQuery, that's soundcloud.com slash B-I-O-Q-U-E-R-Y, or by searching for BioQuery on Spotify. Thank you also to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. It's a network full of video game-related podcasts, and if you like our show, you'll probably like some of theirs. So go check them out. They're on Twitter at HPVG Pod Network. And thank you, as always, to our patrons. It means the world to us that you support us. And if you out there are not a patron, but you like our show and you want to support us, consider checking out patreon.com slash bsgpod to do that. Oh, we did it. We recorded. We did it. We did a, th- we did a Thursday. And we'll be back again on Monday. Until then, I love you. I love you, too. Let's go. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.